your soul! How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Coffins and Coffee with Dave and Ophelia. Ophelia, what are you doing over there? What am Carrying I doing? on about yourself. Carrying on about myself? Yeah. What you know, chuckling. I'm, ah, uh, because, oh, fuck, potato. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to sync tracks, apparently. No, it's totally fine. How is, uh, how is things going down under? Down under, mate. Down under, mate. mate. Look, it's all right. I, I feel, I do feel, though, that I need <clears throat> to bring up this fucking shit on Twitter today. I'm going to call some people out because this is okay. ridiculous. Okay, I mean, it's kind of what the internet's for, right? It's all anyone ever does anymore. Right. So, I don't know if any of you remember or actually knew of. Do you remember that shitty band, Trapped? That had, like, a no. song? No. You don't? I actually, real talk, I don't even think I still knew they were alive. No. In fact, I'm not sure I ever knew they were alive. I mean, I guess I've probably seen those letters arranged in that manner to describe a band. But beyond that, I have zero connection with their existence on this earth. Right. So if you, for one, if you feel that you need to intentionally misspell a word to make your band name, get in the fucking bin. Number two. That was every, that was every <laughs> new metal band. Every one of them. Limp Biscuit. I was going to say, what do you corn, mean? Limp Biscuit is totally spelled like that. Stained. Uh, <laughs> did I say corn? Corn. Um... I don't know if Disturbed was uh, Twisteds. I've never, you know? I've never actually heard them. You've brought them up a few times. They were, like, I don't know. They were, um, I've never heard them either. But they were, they were like a more new metal. They were like if you took Slipknot and you, um, you, you paired them. If you bred them, you bred a being with with uh, what's that stupid band I just mentioned? Twisteds. Slipknot. Yeah, <laughs> Slipknot. If you if you bred a being from Slipknot and ICP, you would get Twisteds. Wow. They were like they were like more twisted clown. Like what was that clown that was going around punching people? Do you remember that? No. What? Yeah, there was some clown. Yeah, Wrinkles the clown, I think. Anyways, it was just like some real fucked up, creep creepy. Clown dudes. I don't know. What was that other band that had like clown faces? They were a new metal band. ICP. No, no, no. They're like rap weird stuff. No, there was like some weird band that know. had like crazy painted faces. Was it System of a Down? Not System of a no. Down. No. Down with. Not Disturbed. There was, <laughs> there was another band. There was another band I felt like had like a D name. Dumb. Like Drowning Pool, maybe? No. Not, was it Drowning Pool? No. One of those? I don't know. They all sucked. Anyway, all the same. so this fucking band decided to crawl out from under their fucking rock where if they've been hiding since fucking 2002. And uh, probably Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi is where new metal bands are going to die. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, Corpus Christi. Um, <laughs> so I don't know who posted this. I'm pretty sure it was the singer. And he's come out like a knuckle dragging troglodyte and said. Black Lives Matter has to be the most vocally racist group in the United States. 
expecting people to take knees for them as they stand above these white people, expecting apologies from people who had nothing to do with the horrible past that was atoned for in the mid-60s. For starters, cunt, get fucking wrecked. Fucking masturbate with a cheese grater, you prick. Like, you unfathomable twat. What the fuck? This is 2020, bitch. Like, I hope that you don't breed ever, ever. And I hope that your fucking record label, fucking sorry for them, no longer give you a platform to reach fucking anybody. Also die. Fuck you. The end. I'm done. Do you yield the floor? (laughs) I'm off my soapbox. Trap well, needs to off, fucking take uh, some soap out of that soapbox and wash their fucking mouths out. Fuck well, me. that escalated quickly. Um, so when you, so whenever they've been doing these things lately here, in some strange attempt to connect with the community, they've been holding these sort of Zoom town hall meetings. Yeah. And you can call in, and you have, I think you have up to, um, I think maybe you have up to like two minutes to say whatever, make your argument. And if you finish before your, your allotted time, you say you yield the floor or you yield your time, which is to say that you're done early. So you can go to the next person. And there's been a few different ones. I want to say this was in, man, I don't remember if it was in New York or Los Angeles, but some of just, they went into about a, as good a tirade as you just did, but towards the, uh, the mayor, I think it was Los Angeles, the mayor of Los Angeles and like the police chief. And then at the end, he's like, blah, 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 blah. And fuck you. Eat a dick. I yield my time. Yeah. And it's gone. It's gone kind of viral around the world, <laughs> especially in these parts. Well, there you go. I hope that fucking shit goes viral. Like fucking out of racist, man. Like, fuck that shit. No one should be standing by and just like letting people say that shit. That's fucked. I hate it. I hate it. Well, I not only it. that, but you it. could. I hate it almost only... as much as I hate that nude photo of Donald Trump that came out last week. For real. I don't think that's real. I hope it's real. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know that these are the, all these people, they just they recycle the same rhetoric. So, you know, it's easy to get mad at them for being just complete and total morons and racist, but they're not even formulating their own racist thoughts because it's the same it's the same counterpoints they always have. It's like they're just they watch Fox News, they watch a Tucker Carlson or whatever that dork's name is. American history. And (laughs) yeah, they just repeat, they just repeat the bullshit, you know? And, and, um, you know, who cares about trap? No one, no one has cared about trap. This is probably, you know, frankly, I wouldn't even be surprised if this is more of an, uh, an opportunity for them to get attention than actual true feeling. I mean, they may be idiotic racist, but they clearly seem to be opportunist. Yeah. It's like when your parents fucking ignore you, and you, like, just start fucking throwing Brussels sprouts across the table at your little brother. You just want attention, man. Like, for That real. sounds awesome, though. Yeah, fucking. I've never thought of making uh, Brussels sprouts a projectile. Uh, but now that you think about it, as I imagine them. Catapult. Uh, that would actually. Spoon. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty. That's way more efficient, I think, than peas. Because peas are more like buckshot, you know? Yeah. You shoot them with the spoon or the fork, and their libel will just go all over the place. But with a Brussels sprout, uh, a Brussels sprout, I feel like you have the right amount of like um, aerodynamic resistance. Yes. Along with shape and and mass and girth, your favorite word. Yes, it is my favorite word. In order to really, 
in order to shoot true, you know, mm. shoot towards your true north. Yeah, shooting peas is for people that just like want to fuck around. If you shoot a Brussels sprout at a cunt, you fucking mean it, hey? Yeah, those are those are fighting. Uh, that's a that's a, Them's a, a, fighting a, a formal veggies. fighting veggies. It's a formal uh, call to arms. <laughs> All right. Well, so we you we had uh, in thinking about kind of what to talk about this week, we thought it might be kind of cool. I don't remember where I came with this idea. I don't know. I've been watching lately. You you know how like you go down rabbit holes. Mm. Like what what was the rabbit hole you were telling me about yesterday? Uh, when I was listening to sounds from space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just listening so to like, NASA's well, releases of fucking recordings from space. Fucking sick. Did yeah. you guys ever get those uh, now that's what I call music? No. All right. So in America, like in the 90s, there used to be this uh, mail order CD that was called now that's what I call whatever. Right. And it'd be like now that's what I call pop. That's what I call oh, yeah. country. Now that's what I call the 90s. Right. And it'd be this collection mostly of one hit wonders, you know, but it was like dirt cheap. I feel like what you, the rabbit hole you went down should be entitled now that's what I call space electrono sounds because yes. it just sounds like um, like Brian Eno-esque beats. Some of them do actually. Yeah, right? Right. So I went down a rabbit hole as well, not nearly as, as interesting as yours, <laughs> where I was watching a lot of interviews with people like Peter Hook from Joy Division and New Order and Robert Smith and, um, you know, just various artists. And I thought, man, what would like, if you could take musical artists for in their prime and, and formulate like your best bands, like your, your greatest hits bands or, or band, like what would that look like? Like who would be a part of it, you know? And, um, and then you actually, you actually, uh, suggested several categories like to be fair to give everyone enough like opportunity to make our list different genres so like the greatest band lined up of a particular genre right i i thought that would be easier but at the same time probably also harder because like there's a lot of sub genres within genres right so you could be like oh yeah metal it's like but what kind of metal so we sort of i i split them up so, but okay. So we got like six categories, right? Yeah. So we got six. So, but bearing in mind, like within each category, like there is room for movement, right? So if you say like goth, that could be like goth, gothic rock, you know, modern goth, like sure, you know, whatever. Or if, like if it's in like punk, it could be pop punk, it could be hardcore, whatever. So yeah. What's really tough way. about when I was ma- when I was making my list. Was there, as I go through these, there are going to be some, I would say some, probably some notable admissions, admissions, but it's really like for me, for my strategy, it was, it was taking the best of a genre, but also trying to imagine what that sound would be, you know, like what that band would sound like. Yeah. So, um, so as we go through these, what I'll try to do is I'll try to explain like what I think this band member kind of brings to the band that will kind of create this cool right. like like super group sound um why don't you let everyone know what our categories are all right so the categories are so you're gonna have goth there's gonna be classic metal heavy metal um pop 
electronic and punk. Now, just just so people are clear, how do you define or give examples of classic metal versus heavy metal? See, that's one genre I felt the need to split because you can't really put Cradle of Filth in the same category as Wasp. You know what I'm saying? You can't. I think really, that's fair. You can't put Behemoth in the same ballpark as fucking Kiss, right? Some people might not yeah, even call I mean, Kiss metal, but I would put them. I mean, I think they would fall into classic metal. Classic, classic metal, right. yeah. So that one thing, one thing that we don't really have, and it's fine. I don't think we need to try to add it in the fly, but it's like we don't have like the best rock band. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like. But but that's but that's okay. So there may be a little crossover there. So you know, is um, is Motley Crue a metal band or are they a rock band? You know, I would put them is, in like that classic uh, Kiss, metal. Yeah, exactly. Area, Kiss, right? rock. Is it rock? Is it metal? So uh, squint your eyes a little bit on some of these lists because yeah. uh, there's a few liberties taken. Do you do you want to start first? Do you want to pick a category? How do you want to go about unveiling our our uh, top band members i think you should go first because this is your idea essentially i just like fucked with it so <laughs> okay all right fair enough fair enough all right so i'm gonna start with the goth category okay right and in thinking about this man this is because this is one of my favorite genres there are so many different singers that i could go with um and again some of these singers that i can and, and band members that i considered probably cross over to another category but i i feel like within this context these are sort of the best of the best so for uh we'll start with everyone's favorite the lead singer so on vocals i'm gonna go with dave gahan okay most people most people would know him from depeche Mm -hmm. which would make you think i would put him in electronics but dave gavon has such a amazing voice that is both melodic and haunting where he can go romantic and he can go dark. It feels like he can play with any kind of band. And in fact, you might even imagine him being able to thrive more with more of a traditional, right. like, uh, I think in this instance, I have like a five piece, right? Right. So I'm going to go with Dave Gahan. Uh, I'm going to go with Dave Gahan. <laughs> I'm going to go with Dave Gahan for vocals. Now for guitars, I don't think this should be any surprise to anyone is Daniel Ash from Bajas. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. R- really the originator of that sound and also not so dark. Um, say like if I were to go with like someone from Susie and the Banshees or Damien from Sam Hain, not so dark a guitarist that much like Dave Gahan, it couldn't sort of straddle that line between um, what is known as sort of the theatrical dark rock, death rock, gothic, and almost a little bit of a throwback to glam, yeah. which Bajas very much was, right? So I, I admit, I mean, I, I really do think that Daniel Ash can create this like amazing wall of sound, this really echoey sort of droning, but also kind of glamish guitar sound that would really complement Dave Gahan's voice really well. Uh, for bass, one of my favorite, one A, one B is Simon Gallup of The Cure. Once again pretty much originated the goths i mean you could make you could certainly make the argument that peter hook perhaps created that iconic bass sound however peter hook's bass is so specific whereas with simon gallup again i feel like he can sort of blend a little bit more yep and i think that he would serve the music as a greater whole um 
Andrea Andrea Valera from Silent would be the drummer for this band. All right, I which, feel that. Which adds a, you know, she's definitely capable of being within that genre. Like I was looking at people like a London May or someone along those lines. Um, but really, I think that bringing uh, some youth to the band and some energy to the band and um, some frenzy dynamic drumming would really elevate this otherwise really pretty sound that the other members are kind of designated to create. And then I'm going to round it with sort of a, a multi-instrumentalist, an electronist, which is Dave Parley from Prayers. Right. Again, maybe kind of a weird choice because you think electronic, yes. right? But I really feel within the context of this band, he could create a bunch of landscapes that would complement this big, broad... This is like big stadium goth yeah. I'm building here, <laughs> right? Like a big auditorium goth. So uh, that would be my my all-star goth band. You know, my, my all-morning-star goth band. Yeah, see, I... I almost put Dave Parley in there. Very, very almost. Um, mine, I pick, and I want to say as well, we did have a discuss, a discuss we heard a discuss, ugh, we had a discussion at the top of the show that we could, you could pick anybody, right? So they could be- yep, in their prime. They could be dead, they could be alive, they could, could be, you could pick could a be particular Mozart. era if you want to, okay? Absolutely. With that in mind, for vocals, I picked 80s in the Flatfield era Peter Murphy. Okay. okay. Very nice. From Bad Excellent. House. I mean, I was very close on him as well. I thought you might have been. <laughs> because it's fucking Peter Murphy. It's Peter Murphy. All right. Um, for guitar, I picked Rick Agnew from Christian Death. Oh, excellent. Right? Excellent choice. I thought that would... Really love it. More of a death rock sound. Yeah. Yep. I thought that would be fucking cool. Um, funny for bass, I, I had exactly the same 1A as one, and 1B one as you, but I picked Simon Gallup. <laughs> I picked Simon Gallup too. Oh, did you? Oh, there you go. Yeah. I almost, I almost picked <clears throat> Peter Hook. But you'll see oh, where right. he, he was selected. Yeah. But just, uh, I went with Simon Gallup. It's a, I mean, to me, he defines like gothic bass playing because... Yeah. Um, in the same way as Peter Hook or Jordy White, it, the bass carries the melody, mm. and he's that really allows the guitar to do something very unique. Yeah, he's he he's an interesting bass player. Like given the somewhat simplistic melodies of a lot of those songs, I think he does absolutely everything he can to create like full bass landscapes within music. I think he's fucking fantastic. Um, I, I love him. He's he to me is like the. Uh, yeah, the Ernest Hemingway of bass playing. He only plays what he needs to play. Right, exactly. And yep. it works. That's right. There's magic in the simplicity of it. Um, for drums, I picked Paul Gilmartin from the Dance Society. Okay, nice. I like right. it. Okay, you feel you feeling the vibe I'm going with here. Yep. And for keys, yeah, very melodic. Okay. <laughs> for keys, I picked the King himself, Gary Motherfucking Newman. Nice. Very good choice. Very good choice. Uh, and, and you know, the great thing about Gary Newman is not only is he a pop star, but he's, he's got, a pilot's, got a pilot's license. Imagine, Imagine that. that. <laughs> no. <laughs> what I was actually going to say before I like impulsively had to quote Mighty Boosh. Did you see me like, like squirming in my seat to quote that before you did? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, like uh, what I was actually going to say was he has managed to keep his sound modern 
Like I saw yeah. him like two or three years ago, and his new music holds up with anything that's coming out right now. Yeah, he's so, still like two like, years he's ahead not a guy of everyone else. Still, yeah, he's not like relying on his '80s sound. Like he's he's not only evolved, but he's stayed ahead. Yeah, yeah, he's fucking very fantastic. cool. All right, I love him. Uh, and for drums, do you have a drummer in this band? I said Paul Gilmartin from Dance Society. Oh, that's right. That's right. All yeah. right. So you're a five piece then? I'm a five piece. My goth rock band is a five five piece. Okay. Very cool. I like it. I like that yeah. sound. Um, should we move in? Do you want to do uh, classic metal or electronic next? Let's go classic or metal. Any of them. Which one? Classic metal is the next on my okay. list. So off you trot. All right. Well, there you go. So you might get mad at me at this one. I probably you're probably gonna get mad at me for a heap of mine. So let's be fucking real. <laughs> so for classic metal, um, I had to go with Bruce Dickinson. Now, Why I almost went with Ozzy. about that for vocals. Yeah. Why? I mean, I almost went with Ozzy. I almost went with Ozzy, and he is really the Godfather, or or you know Robert Plant. But um, you know, I just think that like. When, when you're thinking of, of um, a, a vocalist that is so dynamic and so exemplifies like classic rock like Iron Maiden does, like to me, there is no more classic, I mean classic metal, when you say classic metal, not classic rock, to me like it is Iron Maiden or maybe Judas Priest, yeah. right? And I could have gone with Rob Hofford, whom I like as well, but there's just, I've always loved Bruce Dickinson's voice yeah. and the epic nature of it, so... To me, he's the guy. Plus, he still has all that super high range that some of the other guys have lost. So, he's my singer. Zach Wild is my guitarist. Okay. Because, of course, he is. Of course, he is. Um, and cause he could, because he could play that classic metal sound. He and can. And to me, to me, like, how do I want to say this? Ozzy has two, in my opinion, has two very distinct phases. He's got before Zach Wild and after Zach Wild. And they're both very classic in their own right. Like 90s Ozzy is right up there with like Danzig and yeah. um, I'm trying to think, you know. And then whereas the Randy Rhodes stuff is more like with the Iron Maiden of the world. And I look, John Christ was an, might have been another really great guitarist to pick. But to me, Zach Wild can do both and he can yeah. do anything and he can sound, he can mold his sound while still having a uniqueness to it. So, Zach Wilde is my guitarist. Okay. Geezer Butler is my okay. bassist. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Because, of course, he is. Yep. Of course, he is. You know? And um, this is going to be... This might seem a little left field, but stay with me. Dave Grohl. I think... I know that, technically speaking, Dave Grohl hasn't played in a classic metal band before. I mean, he was in Nirvana, which was grunge. But he did Probot. And if you remember, Probot was kind of dope. And he played drums on it all. Okay. And it was it was really sick. And I think that, again, much in the same way that I did with, like, Andre, uh, Andrea Valera with, like, the goth band. I like, I mean, not that Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl's not young. I mean, but I think he's probably the youngest of the list. So I think he yeah. still brings, like, a little bit of modernness Right. to otherwise classic artists. So, and plus, he's the greatest drummer alive right now, so he, he will just crush it. Oh, is he though? As an overall drummer, yes. Uh, also, also, Dave Grohl played drums on the Ghost album, which was their big, uh, was that, 
was the, the the ghost album that that broke them big? The album with Square Hammer. Oh, um, I see the album cover in my head. I can't think. Yeah. Anyways, Dave Grohl was the drummer for that. It was something so like D or something. Oh, fuck, I can't remember. Anyway, anywho, Dave Grohl has been able to show that he can he can play that way and, and bring a really hard hitting, unique sound. So, in in all of these instances for this band in particular, like each of the artists has such a unique like classic sound like you could just hear them do their thing whatever that you know whatever their position is and you know it's them yeah and i think that's the that is like the, that's like the perfect mold for like you know a, a heavy a classic metal super group okay all right okay i think this is the one that's probably gonna surprise you the most my selection okay fair okay. enough because i think you know you think you know what i'm gonna pick I mean, I would assume Ozzy would be on that list. He's not. Ooh, okay. Okay. All right. Bear with me. All right. For my for vocals, I would have Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. What? <laughs> Listen to his fucking voice on like fucking eighteen in life. Fuck me sideways. Right. Okay. He has fantastic range. Like, he could be a little bit, like, gravelly and scratchy if he wants to be. He's got a good voice. Like him or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, I mean... He's got a great sure, voice. Sure, no. All right. Okay. But not like, not like Axl Rose or nah, Ozzy or Rob Halford, none of those guys? No, no, no. But you'll sense that you'll get old, the theme. Old, okay, old fat Vince Neil? Fuck no. I reckon you should... <laughs> I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. You should replace... Vince Neil with Sebastian Bach. Oh. Right. Okay. Get out. Shots fired. I've, okay. I like to get wrong. I fucking, you know how much I love Motley Crue. I fucking love Motley yeah. Crue. But I don't know. I just think his voice is fucking wonderful. It's amazing. All right. I mean, yeah. I mean, he hasn't been, he hasn't been in a band in like 30 years, but yeah. sure. I mean, if you're, if you're talking like that era though, like 18 in life. Yeah, totally. Like 100%. That sort of era. Yes. Okay. For guitar, I would have Mick Mars from Motley Okay, Crue. yeah, I see where you're going. He's yep, fantastic. He's fucking brilliant. He, you, you give him something, Very good he'll fucking play it. He's wonderful. Okay, yeah. For drums, I would have Peter Chris. I'm not mad at that. Okay. I'm not mad at that. He's a great, he's a really underrated he's drummer. He's a fucking underrated drummer. Everybody listen. Yes. And on bass. Plus, he can sing Beth. Yeah. Yeah. And for bass, none other than Steve motherfucking Harris. Shocking. Shocking, I yes. know. We know you're going to pick that one. <laughs> and look, he was a good choice, too. He was a good choice, too. Yeah. Um, but I just think Geezer Butler adds a little bit of darkness, a little bit of... Yeah. Uh, yeah. And plus, I already picked Bruce Dickinson. So I did... Not that this was within the rules, but I did kind of try to not pick two people from the yeah, same band. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, you know, because because I was really trying to create a new sound. Yeah. But so can uh, you even though that, even though yeah, I mean, I'm still not. I mean, if I'm just being honest, I don't know that I'm 100 percent sold on Sebastian Bach. Go back over some other singers and listen to that fucking album when it came out, 1981. The 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 cock rock that would come out of that though. That would just be dragging on the four-dark cockroach. I'm here for it. I'm preemptively pregnant because... All right, fair enough. I'm not even mad. I can't even be mad. I'm just impressed. 
Okay. <laughs> What's next on your list? Next on my list is heavy metal, but I'm gonna let you go first. I'm because I'm. Well, let's split up the I'm, metals. Let's. Okay. Let's split the metals up. Okay. okay. We just did classic metal. I think that that kind of gives a good people a good idea of the kind of metal we like. So I'm gonna go with electronic. Okay. And electronic is hard a little bit because, um, you know, most. I would, I mean, unless you're hardcore into electronic music, I think most people only recognize the singer, right? Yeah. If it even has a singer, right? If you're, a lot of times, you know, no one, very few people know how to sort of pick out the the programmer or the keyboard or so what have you. But, um, and I, and this is where I'm saying like with Dave Parley, I very much thought about him or like a Jade Puget or like um, okay, the yeah. guys from, um Oh, what is that band called? V&V Nation. You know, there was a lot of uh, there's a lot of directions I could have gone. Right. But I thought let's do something kind of fun. Okay. So I'm gonna start. I'm gonna flip it around because we've been doing the singer to start off with. But I'm gonna because this is electronic music and it's even more about landscape than um, classic metal or goth music. So I'm gonna start with the keyboardist, programmer, electronicist. Okay. Okay. And that's going to be Frank Husso. Now, you may ask, who is Frank Husso? I know exactly who he that is. is. He is Carpenter Brute. Yes. And, and I just think that there was something, you know, like there's a, so the, a, more, maybe more than any of these other genres, electronic music can be all kinds of stuff. So I really had to sort of figure out like, okay, what kind of electronic music am I going for? Yeah. And... And I'm just feeling this sort of retro 80s metal electronics. And right. so I think that that's, that's our programmer. That's sort of the world that we're living in. And who is a vocalist that does electronic music but also has a flair for the dramatic and also can kind of rock in a high enough pitch that he can sort of straddle that 80s synthy sound with, uh, you know, that oftentimes droney uh, electronic vocal and that's Davey Havoc I think that huh, all right. his work okay. I think that his work in Black Audio has showcased his best vocals of all the bands he's been in and you can see a lot of range in it from the droney you know sort of s- traditional style of singing like you s- you would hear in a song called um, Vials or more of a pop oriented like OK Alex or even something more melodic like uh, Anointed. And I feel like if you listen to the song Anointed, where it's a little bit of a throwback, and then you think about what his voice would sound like over Carpenter Brute's sounds, and I think you get something pretty dynamic and cool there. Yeah? Plus, okay. they could they would camp the hell of it out, you know? Right. But you need a guitarist, too, in this band. You need a guitarist who knows how to play along with electronics, who's not overshadowed by him, who can contribute by him, who can stand out, and who can songwrite along with uh, Frank from Carpenter Brew, and that's Martin Gore from Depeche Mode. Okay, he I He has feel written that. N- nearly every Depeche Mode song. And Depeche Mode is one of those bands, and this is why I, was, I felt comfortable leave, letting Dave Gahan go to the sort of goth category, because more, like, in the world, even though, like, Depeche Mode has got that synth sound, they're obviously a synth rock band, so much more of that is Martin Gore than it than it is Dave Gahan, you know? Okay. And I think he would really elevate these landscapes so that they're not quite so retro, you know, that they still manage to maintain a little bit of um, modernness. And then they're filled out with a guitar that's... And again, 
just think of the stage presence of these guys. Imagine when we saw Carpenter Brute, and then imagine Davey Havoc up front and Martin Gore with his little wings, strap-on yeah. wings that he wears, and his glitter. I mean, the whole thing is just beautiful camp. So it's exquisitely uh, outrageous. Peter Hook for bass. Because you again, got like a full like gonna... electron. You got a full lineup. All right. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I decided with this, I wasn't just gonna go one or two members. I really wanted to have a very distinct song. I mean, this is like um, you know, obviously we know Peter Hook from New Order and from Joy Division, mm. but his work with Perry uh, Perry Farrell on Satellite Party was also really cool. So I'm just imagining like this high, you know, you know, Peter Hook always kind of plays high on his bass. That bass line cutting through with the melody and Martin Gore with his beautiful melody arrangements and his sort of sound yeah. and and then um, this sort of 80s revival with, with Davey singing, I think, would just sound really cool. And then I'm going to bring in a live drummer. Now, there will obviously be programming, of course. But I like when bands are kind of full. Right. And I've got every other member, so I might as well pick uh, a drummer as well. But you got to pick a drummer who can play with electronics and not feel intimidated, right? One band that's great about mixing in programmed drums with, with live playing is Nine Inch Nails. And who is the drummer who who probably stuck around with Nine Inch Nails the longest and was able to easily slip in and out of different eras? And that's Josh Fries. Josh Fries also played with the Perfect Circle. He also played with the Vandals, so I could have put him in the punk category. But I really feel like he's able to add that level of technical live drumming to emulate what they create via drum machine in the studio. I think this is like a sonic party if you put these guys together. Like, it would be like the summer of d- digital if these guys played. Oh, shit. Shit. Yours is way more in-depth than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so I just went with... I spent ten minutes on it. <laughs> I, I went with a three-piece. Um, okay, nothing wrong with a threesome. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> for, I mean, for my vocals, like, I, I, I went with, like, Carpenter Brute. He doesn't because, sing. Yes, he does. Frank Cuesta. No, he yes, he does. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. What track did he sing on? I'll tell you. Because Beware the Beast is um, the singer for Grave Pleasures. We saw them live. He never sang. Maybe it's just Frank. It's a, no. Wait. What? Who sings? <laughs> on, I thought he sang I on think- Leather Teeth. No, that's that is Matt. Uh, look his name up. It's the singer for Grave Pleasures. No shit. And Beast Milk. That's the guy. That is the guest vocals on Beware the Beast. Well, I pick him. <laughs> I've been fucking. What is his name? Look up his proper. Boozled. Look up. Look at. Look up his uh, his proper name. It's it's uh, Matt. It's not Matt Matt McNary. I think that's the singer for Muse, which I also thought about, but it just doesn't fit. I'm having trouble finding singers for their songs. Just look up um, Beware the Beast, and it should show you the vocals. Wow. I hear that now that you say it. Yeah, I was like, thrown, I was blown away by it. I was like, who is this? I, I assumed it was him singing as well. And then when I looked up, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Matt, Matt McKerney. Yeah. Yeah, Matt McKerney. Yep, there you go. There you go. Which also... Go. Easily could have made my goth list if there wasn't just so many okay. classic goth singers. Um, 
probably if I had a, if there was a rock list, he might be he might be at the top of that. But all right, as it was, uh, yeah. Okay, so Mac McNeary is your vocalist, right? Who's uh, who else is in this band? Uh, on keys, I had Ghost. Beautiful, love it. Right, and they're they're not so dissimilar from Carpenter Brute that we can imagine mm. what that sounds like. It was a toss up between Ghost and Perpetrator. I don't know if you've heard. Oh yeah, love them both. So I don't know whether I I, I was they were A and B. Okay. I, I mean look, they don't sound that much different. I mean they do. But I I, um, I think Ghost Ghost is Ghost is a good choice. Yeah. They're really dynamic. I was fucking gutted when they cancelled Brutal Assault. I know. But at least we gotta see Carpenter Brew. I know, but I wanted to could see you, them both. Could you imagine but could you I was just gonna say, could you imagine if we saw them both? Preemptively pregnant. I'm going to use that yeah. phrase for the second time in this podcast. Um, and I wanted to bring in live drums. Okay. So I picked um, Joe Letts from Combi Christ. Oh, excellent. Now, which there's two drummers there. Is he the percussionist or the drummer? He's the drummer. He's their touring drummer. Okay. Because there was two when we saw them, right? Yeah, they had a little percussionist guy, but he's like the drummer. Okay, All right. that's excellent. Yeah. That's a that's a really heavy sound, actually. Yeah, like it's synthy, but it's kind of heavy at the same mm. time. It's, like it's pretty it's got metal. Some chunk in the trunk. There's some chunk in that trunk. Just like I like it. <laughs> All right. Moving on <laughs> to heavy metal. You're not going to know fucking anybody in my heavy metal bracket. Anybody? You don't know this. I know metal. I have a battle vest. I've done some things. <laughs> Your battle vest has Misfits and Danzig on it. <laughs> Danzig's a metal band. <laughs> Not heavy metal, but that's okay. All right. My, I, I think my, uh, listen, I'm sure your list is fine. I'm sure it's a very fine list. I don't think you're going to be able to beat my list. My, th- I'm so proud of this. Just get ready. You, you thought you were pregnant before. You're about to have like, you're going to be like Octomom after this. Bye. Okay. My so start badge. doing your kegels and your breathing exercises because this this is about to drop a big fat heavy metal load right inside your uterus. Holy fuck! That's right. the most romantic thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> so for vocals, straight from the south, the dirty, dirty south, we'd like to claim him as one of our own. He's not technically from Texas, but he's been here long. He got here as fast as he could. <laughs> Phil Anselmo. I fucking knew you were going to pick Phil Anselmo. Because he is the best heavy metal vocalist of all time. You went, he is excellent. You went a different heavy metal to what I did, but okay. <laughs> okay, no, I hear what you're saying. Hold on. Hold on to your little avocado socks. We're going to get there, but um, if you I'm tell me Star Phil Anselmo. today, actually. Oh, I like it. It looks... Socks. Oh, yes. Hell okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. But I think Phil Anselmo, I mean... We're talking prime Phil Anselmo, where he's somewhere between okay. vulgar display of power and Cowboys from Hell. Yeah. He can hang with any extreme metal sound. Okay? okay. Guitar Richard Shaw. He is the lead guitarist for Cradle of Filth. Okay. And he is n- not only a sick guitarist, but his stage presence is out of this world. He's like, like imagine if Rob Zombie was creepier and a guitarist. That's Richard Shaw. I remember I saw them with our friend Leah. Uh, Cradle of Filth came to L.A. Yeah. And I was just, you know, like, you don't think of the other members of Cradle of Filth, really. You just think of 
Danny Filth, and he, you know, if there if Phil Anselmo didn't exist, he might have made the list. But I remember just like being mesmerized by Richard Shaw's performance, yeah, and how well he was playing live. He would do this thing where he would play and he would lick his pick and he would stick it on his forehead and he would like finger pick while this pick stayed on his forehead like some weird 666 marking of the beast. Uh, awesome. And this is the only band, this is the only grouping that I have two guitarists on. Okay. The second the second guitarist is Euronymous. Okay. All right. Who, okay. Who, uh, depending on whom you ask, invented or popularized the black the black metal sound. So Cradle of Filth has always sort of straddled that line between gothic and black metal and death metal. Symphonic. So you take metal. Richard Shaw, symphonic metal, yeah, exactly. And you all in and so with Richard Shaw you get that, right? You get that sort of classical gothic heavy metal sound, but with Euronymous you get that venomy, almost punk black metal okay. which i think will really ground it and i also think really complements philonsamo well right so you have that right. rawness in the sound you have the two cut like which seems like almost contrary styles but i think that will give the band uh, almost a garage rock sound i don't want it to be cradle filth and be that huge for bass and keeping with garage days for bass it's cliff burton huh okay now i almost went I almost went with a dark horse with Jordy White, which seems odd because mm. he's not in a heavy metal band, nor has he ever played for a heavy metal band. But he did try out for Metallica. And based on that alone, I almost gave him a slot. But how can you give someone a slot if you could pick any basis from history? Do you know who else? And Cliff Burton do you know who is else sitting right there. Who's that? Les Claypool. <laughs> I heard that. They said yeah. he would get bored. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I actually thought Jordy White would have been a really good basis for them because he would have been much more in the vein of like Jason Newstead. Yeah, you know, he's a real rhythm bassist. But uh, and he's played super heavy stuff before, and he came up in the thrash scene. But uh, plus, he loves Striper, so you get points yeah. for that. But but unfortunately, Jordy didn't make this list because Cliff Burton is right there. And just like with Richard Shaw, with Cliff Burton, you get that almost Bachish metal sound added to it so you've got like two thrashy dudes and then you've got two sort of symphonic dudes and i think that you get a really interesting sort of juxtaposition there and then to tie it all together you have dave lombardo from slayer okay i mean he can play with anyone i've seen him play down and dirty with the misfits and i've seen him play with slayer and i think he's that perfect bridge of keeping that driving i mean that is a blow your socks off heavy Band. I mean, look, I'm not pregnant. I might just need to take Plan B. You are but... pregnant. You're oct. You are octomom right now. No, there was a hole in the condom when I took Plan B, but I'm not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crusty old condom you had okay. in your wallet, but you know. Um. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Kept it in my sock. Um, Easier access. Oh, smells good too. <clears throat> um. So for mine, I went heavy. I went fucking heavy. Okay. I mean, I already went heavy. <clears throat> no, no. I don't no, know if no. you can go any heavier than I went. No, sweet summer child. I went heavy. So for vocals, I picked Travis Ryan from Cattle Decapitation. Now. Okay. That man is fucking 
brilliant. He's like developed his own vocal styles. There is nobody that sings like Travis Ryan. They don't exist. Yeah. Go I back mean, yeah. and listen to like the Atlas album or oh, what was that fucking one with the, the See blue to me it just feels a little one See to me it feels just a little one note. No, he's definitely not one note. Have you listened to him sing? Ever? Yeah. You need to go back and listen. Yeah. I think you're missing out on all his ah. semi clean shit too. Like Man. I'll show you some stuff. Okay. Later. Okay. All right. Um, sure. All right. We'll make love to it romantically, <laughs> softly, gently. You don't make love. You fuck quietly. Cattle decapitation. Um, <laughs> no, I go slow. Lights off. Socks on. Under the sheets. <laughs> With the lights on. <laughs> yeah, lights on. Oh my god! Sounds perfect. Um, <laughs> fucking straight missionary to cattle decapitation. What's up? Hells I'm yeah! Here for it. Um, <laughs> Sixty seconds in heaven is better than no seconds in heaven. Um, on guitar, I picked Vog from Decapitated, and I only call him Vog by his nickname because I'm fucking not pronouncing his real name. I can't. Okay. Um. All right. He's played for like Machine Head. He's played for like Vader and shit. Like he's a fuck. He's a great guitarist. For bass, I picked Dom- Dominic Lapointe. He is a fucking menace on bass. Who is it? What? Where is he? What? I don't know him. He's from Terra Mobile. It, okay. He plays a fucking like six or seven string fretless. Like he is a demon. All right. I have a thing about basses with more than four strings. So it's like masturbatory to me. Yeah. Well, he can fucking jerk off fucking anywhere he wants because he's a fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs> and for drums, don't at me. Jane Weinberg from Slipknot. Now. I thought it was that Jordy Jordison dude. Joey Jordison? Nah, fuck that guy. Jay Weinberg's where it's at. Listen, listen. And the Slipknot fans are probably going to come to me for this. Come at me for this too. Uh, it's pretty awesome that you want the drums to sound like someone's hitting a fucking keg. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a sound, I guess. I mean, what 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 was Lars from Metallica during that really shitty Saint Anger album wasn't available? Oh, don't you even? <laughs> don't even put them in the same room. No, like he's he's a versatile drummer. He's got unique fills and shit. And he he stands out. Like you can you can you can yeah, tell. I mean, it's like if someone playing. took a only he sounds like someone took a baseball bat to a keg. You don't Excellent know. Sound. You don't know. You just put those my, words. My back nearly in your three mouth. year old nephew, my little three year old nephew probably plays more um, classical drums than uh, the the bangy bang gang with the clown outfits. But cool. Right on. Well, cool. I'm well, I'm picking up a when he decides to fucking stand up and fucking play in a metal band, then cool. But while he's over there fucking playing with blocks and shit, Jay Weinberg, what's up? All right, he can hold. He can hold <laughs> a placeholder. Uh, wolf's. <laughs> yeah, he can. He keep his his drum stool warm. Till Don't Harv, use the words warm Jackie and stool boy, in the same sentence. Wolf. That's fucked. Why? Stool. <laughs> <laughs> Stool pigeon. Stooly. Oh my god, move away from this next. Might fuck, might fuck around and stool your girl. Oh my god. You're still making all these shitty jokes after all these years. Um, <laughs> kill me. Blink twice if you need help. Um, 
What do you want to do next? What's next? You got pop and punk. Oh, is it, are you done? I didn't know you were done with your your weird. Uh, it's like, fucking uh, awesome. Shut up. Um, let's go with let's go with pop. Okay. Because this is the category. Um, it's a very unique sound. So I I can't think of a better pop singer. And I guess we should define pop. So when we say pop, I mean, look, I, for me, I won't speak for you because we didn't really define this ahead of time. When I say pop, I don't mean like Jonas Brothers or like can Taylor Swift, burn. the T-Swizzle. We're not talking about, I mean, I'm not talking about that. When I when I say pop, to me, it's that music, like the Beatles are pop, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to well, think like of a, contempor- uh, like, I don't the Eagles, uh, the Fleetwood Mac, um, you know, like any of those sort of, uh, you could maybe even put like the Killers, you know, as more of a yeah, contemporary band, yeah, the Strokes, yeah. right? It's like that kind of rock pop sound. So that's for me, when I think of pop, I think traditionally yeah. that kind of pop. Or you could have also gotten R&B, I suppose, but to me, that's like R&B. So for me, the ultimate pop singer is David Bowie. Okay. David Bowie yes. can do anything. Yes, he can. And really and truthfully, like, he is so good about moving his voice to fit that particular style. Um, you know, everything from Ziggy Stardust to Modern Love, which we talked about last week, that's the just the... I mean, look, I know there's going to be some Freddie Mercury fans that get mad at me. And that's fair. That's a fair argument. But in a battle of 1A, 1B... I luckily have to reference a track, which is under pressure. And as impressive as Freddie Mercury's part is, there's something about David Bowie's part that actually makes me emotional when I listen to it. Okay. You know, like when he starts coming in, it's just like it just wells up the entire music. And so um, David Bowie is my vocalist. That's my, yeah. my number one pop vocalist. So there's so many good guitarists. And I could have gone with something more contemporary, but frankly, man, Mark Bolin was awesome. Right. Mark Bolin of T-Rex, so good, criminally underrated. I know they kind of came up during the same era, but they all, they, they should have, they should, like, that's like a pairing that should have happened and just didn't, Yeah. you know? And if you want to look at some of the influences in the goth category, like you look at my pop list and you can see the direct lines there. It's like the sun and the moon. Yeah. In terms of like uh, uh, parallels, so Mark Bolin would be my guitarist. This is where I almost went with Melissa Oftemar for my pop okay. uh, yeah. bassist. It was very close to that. In fact, I um, it was a very last minute change because originally I was going to give the heavy metal spot to Jordy White, and instead uh, I realized he's probably better in the pop category. Now again. Weird, kind of okay. weird, right? Because um, he's been in Manson, and he's in these sort of alternative, darker he's bands. Like, but been like in a Perfect Circle and stuff, like he's been in a Perfect you know. Circle, and he's done his some of his own projects. And really, what you get from him as a guy who's a really strong songwriter, right? You know, he's right. almost Nicky Sixesque. Whereas you know that those guys grew up with like the Beatles and like traditional songwriting, like the Beach Boys and things of that nature, and they converted it to a metal or a hard rock sound. But if you look at Manson's albums, part of what makes Manson so good, or at least so marketable, even if you don't like his music, it's just one of the reasons why he was able to be so popular beyond like the aesthetic was that they were really great pop rock songs, just heavy. And 
you look no further than the mechanical album, uh, the mechanical animals album, to listen yeah. to like just how diverse yeah. a sound he no, can do. Right. Plus, it gives it it gives it like a little bit of an edge, mm-hmm. right? Like right now, I got Bowie and and Bolin who are kind of really of the '70s, and so with Jordy, you get someone who's can clearly draw inspiration from there, but can make it feel more modern as well. And in along those same lines of keeping it modern and keeping it interesting, um, I almost went with John Bonham. Could have gone with David Grohl, Dave mm-hmm. Grohl. Um, but I, I'm going to go a little left field. I'm going to go with Travis Barker. Because <laughs> okay, he he's a weird choice, right? But he's such a good drummer. He is. And I feel like the level of experimentation that would occur with David Bowie playing with Travis Barker doing beats and Mark and Mark Bolin's sort of glammy sound and Jordy's sort of, you know, grounded bass, I think you'd get something really unique. It would be it would be a very art housey band, I feel. And I think that like when you think of pop to me, the the best pop to me is either is not only melodic, which is probably the number one thing, but also they they kind of experiment into the world of art house and artistic yeah. uh, visions. And so that's what I was kind of going with with this pairing. It's very a bunch of odd couples kind of mashed together okay. just to see what, what happened. All right. I feel that. I feel that. Um, mine. I went with David, David Bowie for vocals as well. Let's be real. Of course. Come on. Absolutely. He's the fucking king. Um... For bass, I went with Gaylan Dorsey. Now, she... I almost went with her. Really? I almost went with her, yes. And the only reason I didn't is because I was really trying to stay away from two people from the same right. band. So, uh, if you don't know, she is the touring bassist for yeah, David Bowie. Or was, she's also played with Tears for Fears. Uh, oh, yeah. The The. So, I thought that would be... Yeah. Have you ever seen on um the oh what was that album the reality tour? Did you ever watch yeah. any of live David Bowie yeah, from yeah, the reality yeah. tour? So they do a cover of Under Pressure yes. where she does the Freddie Mercury yes. and she's so oh, she's excellent. Great. I mean, I mean if I'm being really honest, she probably kicks Jordy off the list, but he is my favorite bassist. So I like, know. Or he's one of. So I, I felt like I had to work him in there. She's excellent, yeah. but then it would be just it would just basically be d- the David Bowie band at that point, yeah. and I just felt like I had to. It was mix a little it up. bit but of a great cheat. choice, it was excellent a choice. Bit of a cheat, but yeah, I mean, she's done. Other, she's played for other bands. She's she's not officially. I mean, she's officially in his touring band, but like, you know, she is not. You know, it is David Bowie as solo mm-hmm. artist, so that's fair enough. Um, on guitar, I picked Prince, which. Oh, that is an excellent choice. Which I'm fucking surprised that didn't make it on your list i'm really surprised actually well because i don't because as good as as good as a, a guitarist as prince is i just don't think of him that way first i think of him as a singer right. first right so but that's i mean can you imagine the egos between oh david God. bowie and prince though uh, like he's fucking brilliant like people forget like he's a fucking brilliant multi-instrumentalist he could play anything oh yeah he could play anything oh absolutely like, put an instrument in front of him and he can play it. Like, it's fucking insane. Like, he is a wizard. Yeah, he's he's excellent. You, This is already the formation of a band that has, like, real muso chops. Yeah. And then, this is where it kicks out to left field a little bit. I picked, uh, for drums, right. Bev Bevan from ELO. 
okay all right Ah. It's a little unique, but, you know, you got a lot of personalities already. Think about that song, like, Mr. Blue Sky, right? Yeah. Right? From, like... No, that would fit. You're right. No, 100%. Okay. It compliments. He he would compliment them well. And then... Oh. On on keys. Sir Elton John. Whoa. Yeah. Who's pregnant now, B.I.H.? First off, there would be no way those egos would manage to live together. <laughs> but I would murder. Man, I would if murder. you could if you could manage to get those three people to behave themselves for long enough to at least record one track, like the magic that could come from oh that. Oh my god, that's can I just add? Can I add someone to my group? I just thought about it. Yeah, right. Dave Navarro. As a second guitarist. You know what? It's funny because I almost said Dave Navarro. <laughs> because I feel like with Jordy White and Dave Navarro, it would anchor that group. It's a little bit more modern, you know? Yeah. Um, but man, your group's pretty great. That Elton John yeah. inclusion is pretty, pretty money. Mm. It's pretty money. He's pregnant I now. Like Check yourself. All right. Excellent. Yeah. I'm, I'm like uh, Arnold and Junior. <laughs> just bursting at the I'm scenes. I'm fucking Danny DeVito. <laughs> No. Oh, no, that's twins. <laughs> How dare you? It's the same as okay. that. One's a guy's got a so, baby, the other one is brother's a baby. It's the uh, same. Okay, yeah, right, fair <laughs> enough. Okay. Well, we started with goth, which is probably one of my favorite genres of music to listen to. And we're going to end with punk, which might be one of the most influential genres of music that I listen to. <laughs> and... I mean, as with the case with a lot of these categories, you could go in so many different directions. But a lot of times, you know, punk is is sort of seen as it's all attitude and, and less skill, right? Right. People don't automatically think of singers as being being um, or, or any member of the band really being like super talented. And I really struggled with the singer. Because I really wanted to go with another artist. And I'm still on the fence. But Glenn Danzig does not make the list. No. I'm going to go with Dave Vagnian. Okay. Of the Damned. Yeah. Because much like Danzig, he can crone. Um, but I feel like his voice was always a little smoother. Um, and, and a little bit more versatile. Plus, you get a different kind of showmanship with him. It's a little camp. It's definitely very uh, stage-driven. Um, Danzig sometimes tended to go into the realm of being like so fast, you don't really get the, the scope of the music. And with this particular punk band, it's going to be maybe a little artier than you're used to. Okay. And with that, to complement that, someone who's sort of experimental and maybe not straight punk, but I'm going to go with Jade Puget. Okay. You listen to the music of, um, you know, uh, Black Cells oh, yeah. or Art of Drowning, but especially the All Hollows EP. Yeah. And especially some of the B-sides, like A Winter's Tale, yeah. Reaver's Song, um, Now the World. Like, if you put that music with Dave Vanian singing, it's different. It's like like Jade knows how to write to a melody-driven uh, vocalist. Yeah. and And he'll get that in spades with Dave Vanian. You know, so I think that would be a really nice right. pairing. Again, it's punk, but it's kind of art punk. And then you got to root it in some punk, right? But you got to get someone who can stand up to like 
the, the, the creativity that's coming around while still staying like fundamentally a punk band. So I'm going to go with Matt Freeman from Rancid. All right, yep. Who's an excellent bassist who could do anything and who can kind of stay up with these guys as they're weaving this sort of artistic rock or punk rock sound. And then again, to further ground it, I'm going to go with Steve Zing of Samhain, who was All on right. the first two okay, albums. Okay, yeah, no, I feel that. Like, really keeps in that punk room. And, I'm gonna, and this is where I'm going to cheat a little bit. I actually snuck Glenn in as the keyboard. Oh, get out. <laughs> Glenn Danzig played keyboards on the Son of, Sam, Son of Sam album. And they're excellent. And he can do backups. And I feel like the Damned and the Misfits were always kind of on good terms. So I feel like he would take backseat to Dave Vanian and just sort of be in the background playing like an old school Korg or like organ. I think that'd be kind of a cool sound. Like it, this, I guess this kind of blends into the world of, of death rock goth a little bit. But this is like distinctly like an early punk song. Like think yeah. th- this to me is like a goth punk super group. Okay. Okay. You went in a little bit different direction than me, but it's all right. That's okay. There's so many. You I can know. go pop punk, you go crust punk, you go hardcore punk, you could go, you know, like, uh, like I kept trying to stick Ramones members in there, but like, and Johnny Ramone almost made it, but you know, again, Actually it's surprised. Like, yeah, it was tough. It was tough, but I, I really, for this band, I, I wanted it to be punk, but I wanted it to be modern. Okay. You know, I wanted, to, I didn't want to just like retread what's been done because you're just not going to get better than the Ramones or like, you know, it doesn't really make sense to stick a Johnny Ramone and, and, uh, um, I don't know, someone from, uh, you know, Jelly Jelly Biafra, you know, like to me, like those sounds, they already exist. I I wanted to create something new, but that is still like the shape of punk to come. Yes. Yes. Who had, who heard that album? Who was that? The Refused. That's right. (laughs) Which also, also has an excellent singer. And I could have picked those. I mean, there's just a million. I mean, Tim Armstrong, I almost went with, I mean, there's a million that you can go with, but, um, what, what style of punk did you go for? Okay, hear me out before you come for me. Okay, so I'm going to leave my vocal vocalist to last for this one. So for my All right, fair. for my guitar, I went with Ron Emery from TSOL. Okay. Right? All right. Okay. I-, I like TSOL. All right. For bass, I went with Daryl Jennifer from Bad Brains. Okay, nice. This is a very gritty band. Okay. Very gritty. Total opposite of mine. For drums, I went with Lucky Lura from Circle Jerks. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Very, it's very hardcore-y yep. sounding already. Although, it's like it, like in your bass and in your drums, you've got hardcore. And with your guitar, you've got grimy punk, yeah, I guess. Yeah, right. For my singer. All right. 1980s Henry Rollins. Okay, all right. Not the strongest singer for Black Flag, but definitely the best showman. <laughs> It'd be fucking sick. And, I mean, it would be sick. It would be It'd dope. Be I mean, they'd be. Dope. That would be like a, a, a L.A. hardcore show for the ages. I can you imagine having been in in the hardcore scene in, in L.A. at the time oh when like X God. and Black Flag and the Misfits yep. were about you know coming around. Fuck. Um, you know. Uh, uh, Amazing. Those are all amazing choices. Definitely, like my band, my punk band is playing like in the in the coffee house down the street, 
you know, like a, or like yep. an art gallery, like in the in, an art gallery in the front, and then in the back there's like a stage set up, and like yours is playing in some like dirty dive Someone, bar oh, that's house? eighteen and up. <laughs> yeah, or someone's house, like out of the garage. Like, okay, I dig it. I like that's it. That's like my favorite it. type right. of punk. That's the type of punk I dig. Like, that's the sort of punk like I grew up on. Like, it's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For it's sure. sloppy as fuck. Like, but it but it maintains a rawness yeah. and an energy that you just can't replicate. Here's a question for you. Um, before we sort of wrap everything up, do you think, like for me, I came up, I really came of age to me in the punk scene. Yeah. You know, like I didn't really get into punk. I mean, I guess, you know, I got into Green Day, say like, I don't know, 94 or whatever it was when Dookie came out and that introduced me to some of the surf rock bands. And because I surfed in high school, like I was in a Pennywise and mm-hmm. uh, Blink-182 and things of that nature. I didn't get like, but I didn't really immerse myself into the punk um, community right. until I was, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20 onward. Right. And so much of what defines me as a man um, and my political ideology and my general view of the earth oh, yeah. was really formulated in those yeah. punk scenes. I don't know if it was the same for you or if it was more of the metal scene for you, but like for me, I really felt like that was as much a part of my upbringing as my, you know, my parents raising me. Yeah. So I don't, do you feel like those scenes really still exist? Like, is that just a thing that I have to let go of as, as being a, of a different time, a different generation? Um, I don't, punk music as, a genre as it was then doesn't exist at all now. Like, it's it's dead. It's real. It's fucking gone. There are no good, sloppy punk bands. And if they are sloppy punk bands, they're not sloppy punk bands because they're sloppy punk bands. They're trying to sound that way. Um, well, and also, they're, it's it, everything's derivative at this point because right. punk sort of had some... I mean, not for everyone, obviously, but, but in order to sort of, quote-unquote, stay punk, there was definitely glass a glass box that you were placed yeah. in. And so at a certain point, you've sort of pushed the boundaries as far as most people will allow you to. Yeah. And I mean, you know, like fucking in, in that sort of time back then, like there was, there's a lot of politics in punk. A lot of it was about bucking the system. Damn the man, like fucking, you know, anti-society, whatever. Right. And now it's like, I'm fucking white and I'm sad. Like, you know, it's, it's, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't listen enough to to know that. I mean, I think that heartache has always been a part of the punk scene as well. Yeah. I mean, certainly, certainly the Descendants are a great band. The, the Ramones, right? But you're right. The punk, punk kind of came was birthed into the world out of the strife, out of the the days of the '70s okay. where everyone was coked and danced up and not paying attention you know having their summer of love hangover and Anarchy and punk was at UK like alarm clock fucking... yeah punk punk was that alarm clock that just jolts you awake when you've been sleeping for too long and you know it was right in the margaret thatcher and and ronald reagan and it was just an era of this authoritarian mindset yeah. and this commercialism which by the way has not gone away and just look outside if you look outside you can see that the things that punk was formed around this idea of questioning authority, questioning your leadership, holding them to a higher standard, not being afraid to push back against the system, 
You know, there's all these like dorky right wingers that are like surprised mm-hmm. that Rage Against the Machine is a leftist band. You know, yeah. there are people who grew up in the punk scene who just live in fear because they've been they've been sort of ushered into derangement and have lost their ability to think critically and to question everyone equally, not just the side that they think is the good guys. Yeah. It's an era that really more than any other era should be applying itself to what's going on today. Yeah. Like this is the time. This is the time for punk rock. This is what Joe Strummer prepared you for. I was like having this conversation with someone at work the other day. I'm like, the world needs a, another fucking political punk band like yeah it needs to happen somebody please henry rollins hello <laughs> can go to bed well the, it would definitely be nice to have a punk band but it's even nicer to see so many people being punk and being out in the streets and protesting and making their voice heard and fighting for people who maybe don't look like you maybe you didn't grow up with, maybe you don't even understand, but the fact that there are so many people listening and fighting and never taking no for an answer. Like to me, that's punk. We talked last week about the golden rule of punk being that like, when someone falls in the pit, you grab them and pick them up. That's punk. And that's what I see people doing outside. So thank you guys for listening. And most importantly, for all of you guys who are marching and sharing information and writing letters and donating, thank you for being punk as fuck. Because ultimately, you guys are the greatest punk band out there. Each and every one of you fighting who's not willing to accept what's being fed to you. That's punk. Fucking A. You guys are on the list. That's the fucking super group. So thank you guys. Thank you for hanging out with us for about an hour today. We hope that you guys liked our list. If, you're, if you think that we missed some names that are, you know, that are, this criminal for us to have overlooked, let Attack us know. Attack me on Twitter. If you think... <laughs> Attack us on Twitter. Remember, it's not me. It's all Ophelia. <laughs> Let her hear all your complaints. Go see my lovely How post dare I put Dave? Trapped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You should know what you're getting into. But thank you, guys. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate you listening with us every week. Uh, we do this because it's fun and because we love it and because we love you guys. So thank you once again. Stay punk as fuck. And until next time, adios. Adios. <laughs>